Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Print Life Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Rebecca Ruth all about how you can create an additional stream of revenue in your business through utilizing printing on demand sites. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. As we get closer to the holiday season, we often find ourselves distracted by those shiny objects. Be it something for Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, or even Cyber Monday, creatives often find ourselves feeling that little pull to create something new. Today, we'll be chatting with Rebecca Ruth all about the ways that you can intentionally use a printing-on-demand site to create an additional stream of revenue in your business. Rebecca is a new friend of mine and fellow creative, and I'm very excited to introduce her to you today. She empowers creatives to help one another through community building and communication. Over the course of her 20 plus years in various facets of art and design, she's gained valuable experience and insight that she shares through discussions, both as a co-host of Pattern Chatter, as well as Biz Tips for Creatives on Clubhouse, and through her Instagram Live series, Designing with Intention. As an advocate for the importance of arts in education and in society, she features fellow creatives to showcase the variety of career paths that exist in the arts. In her free time, you can find her with her husband and her daughter in their home in Southern California. Welcome, Rebecca. I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Leslie. I am so excited to be here and chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to it. So I wanted to get started with talking about if somebody was new to putting their artwork out there onto a POD site, what would be the top three things that you would recommend considering before diving in to getting their work out there in the world on a POD site? Yeah, absolutely. I think, so the top three things I would say are one scale think about scale. I'll go into a little bit more. Two is thinking about your work in collections. So it's not that you're putting everything on everything. Um, And three would be about like thinking and putting on a merchandising hat, looking at like what other stores, how they put together collections of products. I don't think that print on demand sites should be Like, let's put the same exact thing on every single product. I don't think that's going to get you the best results um, from consumers. I think you need to be the decision maker. You need to figure out what is going to work best on each product. And so um, 
that's where I would go back to scale. So first of all, don't just put the same um, artwork at the same scale on every product, put it on at the right scale for each product. So like what you put on bedding, you probably want to do it at a different scale than what you put on a notebook cover or um, sticker or something like that. So I think taking into consideration scale, like make sure that your artwork is scanned in at a good quality that is going to work well for the biggest size that you want to have um, for your your design scale to be. Um, Then secondly, so thinking about your work in collections and how you're going to position artwork on different products in interesting ways. So if you have like a repeating pattern or something that's a fine art print where it's a full rectangle, like I strongly suggest not putting that in the center, like square graphic of a t-shirt like placement like i think those kind of things work better when they fill um, a product or when um you use it in a way that's interesting for each product so that's the other thing it's like you don't have to put every design straight like you could try angling things or you know like playing with different compositions for different things um maybe creating like an engineered layout for a pillow versus using the exact same repeat or do a pull out from the repeating for like putting it on the graphic uh t-shirt or put like a pattern or an all over painting in something like a shape, like a heart or in lettering, like write a phrase or something like that. So be thoughtful with how you're going to use your artwork on the different products. Um, And then with like the merchandising part, like think about how things can work together. So maybe you have Um, especially at this time of year, like people might be getting gifts for teachers for the holidays, um, you know, or things like that. So think about how things can be put together to create like a nice gift for somebody. So you, you don't want necessarily the same product on every, or the same pattern on every product. Um, but maybe you have like a stripe pattern on one item and then a floral pattern on another but that they all have kind of the same color palette so they all go together as like a gifting um kind of product so i would that's how it kind of put on your merchandising hat is how things can work together so people don't necessarily just want to buy the one thing they want to buy things that go together for a gift or for themselves or um you know, for whatever kind of situation that they're happy to be in. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of looking at this with a bit more intention and having a pretty good idea of what you see your work on, how you would, like you said, merchandise it in a way that you're actually thinking about the end use. You're thinking about the person who's going to purchase it and not just really kind of throwing your prints all out there onto a POD site, but no matter what time of year it is, right? Thinking about how it would be received and what people might need in the moment, doing a little bit of research. Um, I love that you spoke about merchandising. I think that it's such an important piece of the puzzle that often gets 
overlooked and that um, whether you're talking about a portfolio or your Instagram feed or utilizing a POD site, I feel like merchandising is very important. So I love that you brought that up. I think that that's, um, that's really key. Yeah, I think it helps a lot. <laughs> so and that would be advice for somebody just getting started. But I also feel like that's really good advice for somebody who already has work out there to kind of revisit what you're putting out there, how that is coming across, how it's being perceived at what time of year, what are people looking for and kind of making some adjustments as well. What other advice would you give to somebody who already has their work up on a POD site in order to increase sales? So one of the things that I think um, oftentimes artists do with like Instagram is that they just show their artwork like as it is um and then they say hey it's on these products and then they expect kind of people to just go see what it looks like on the products um but even in that case a lot of people aren't highly visual people like they may look at something and see oh i like that but then they don't necessarily know how it fits in their room or how it fits with their other things or if it's going to be the right exactly for um, the type of person that they're thinking about getting a gift for or whatever. So I think the more that you can do with um, laying it all out there for people, like giving them examples of like, this is what it looks like in a room at this size. Um, and a great way to do that is either through your Instagram feed or having a blog. And what the great thing about having a blog is, is that you can also do affiliate marketing. So you can take your product and then you can take other products from something like Bed Bath & Beyond or, you know, Crate & Barrel and kind of curate what you think like a good room design would be so that the person can look at it and be like, oh, I, I love how this comes together. And then maybe they not only buy your artwork, but then they also buy some of your suggestions. And if you have it set up where you have the affiliate, affiliate marketing link set up, then you can get a commission on those sales too. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. as much as it's great to sell your artwork, thinking about the bigger picture with how you, you can make additional um, streams of revenue, you know, set up with what you're doing, um, I think is like an excellent way to build your business. That's really interesting. So when we were chatting a little bit about this before, I don't think I fully understood what that meant. So if you have a blog and you're able to drive traffic to your blog, you can actually have be an affiliate for other products that are out there and kind of group them into your own it, within that like idea of being the merchandiser, right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? And then you can generate additional stream of income by being an affiliate to other products. Yes. And like you can do the same thing. Say you have, you know, holiday cards or, um, you know, stationary products. Like you could do a list of like my top, 10 picks for holiday cards for this year. And, you know, some of them can be yours, but some of them can be from other artists that you admire. And so not only are you helping drive traffic to people that you like's work, but then it's also helping, you know, drive traffic to your own work and ways of making additional income um, through sales for other people's work as well. I love that. And kind of still 
um, with that idea of building community and, and being a part and supporting each other. I love that. Yes. I love the whole community over competition (laughs) part of the arts. Yeah. I love that. Do you find it important to consider different POD platforms for different markets or different POD platforms for different products? Speaking in terms of quality and, you know, whether you're in the apparel industry or you want to put it on like a yoga mat or a water bottle, do you find that they all offer different qualities, I suppose, in different markets? Yeah, I think even above like quality, it's important to look at the POD sites for what seems to be their customer, like what product, like what are the designs like on that, on those main pages, because typically those main pages are um, what is trending, like what people seem to be looking at a lot or what people are buying a lot of. And if your work is very like, for example, like something like very ethereal, but all of the designs on the site are like t-shirt graphics, like satirical or like these cute like characters or things like that. It may not be the right match. So I think it's important to know who the customer is of the site to see if the work is going to be the right fit is one thing to definitely consider in, um, you know, deciding on what to put your product, what sites to put your products on. Um, Another thing, as you're saying, like with quality, I think it is so great um, to be able to try things out, test it out, order a sample and see what it looks like um, that not only can you then um, see the quality, but then you have it to do your own photo shoot with. And um, so I think then, you know, you can use that for your portfolio. You can use that for social media. You can use that for your website. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely, you know, important to think about quality and um, make sure that you are okay with what it's coming back like. And, um, you know, you do have to kind of accept that it's often not going to be always perfect with like the print on demand because you don't have someone doing necessarily perfect color matching quality control kind of stuff. So you have to kind of be okay with letting go a little bit with um, what you're going to expect from a lot of the sites. But I think it is such a great way to better understand how your work looks on products. So I think it's definitely, um, and it's definitely a great way to also just get your work out there and and have people see it and appreciate, you know, what you're doing and then hopefully come find you for other things that you're working on. Yeah, I love that. It's funny, I never really thought about it in that way, but it seems like it would be very important to kind of see what types of whether age range or what type of audience or what time type of market is purchasing from the various uh, printing on demand sites in order to hit the right market. But that's really interesting. Um, I also love what you said about just kind of getting started and getting it out there as a way to, I mean, it's really the only way we can get that information right to figure out what's working, what isn't working, what are we liking? What are we not liking? Um, I love that. So being this time of year, 
and some designers possibly getting a little bit distracted right now by wanting to maybe add this in to one of their revenue streams because of the time of year it is. What would you say and what would you recommend designers do in order to approach going after utilizing a print-on-demand site specifically for additional holiday sales or as an added revenue stream during this time of year or during the holiday season? Right. I think putting timeless things um, up is like something that you can do at any time, like putting designs, you know, whether it's florals or abstracts or, um, you know, hand lettering phrases, things like that, I think can work well pretty much any adding to your shop at any time of year. Um, If you're trying to do something that is a certain holiday specific or meeting like a certain date on the calendar, whether it's like, you know, Mother's Day or whether it's Christmas, um, I think you really want to be working like, like a a store would like a retail store would and setting up a calendar for yourself of making sure you're designing the, those kind of ideas like enough in advance and then putting them up, um, you know, at least a few months before the holidays. Um, and then, you know, when you're designing them, <clears throat> make sure you also, consider like creating promotional materials like for a blog for your Instagram all at the same time so that when it gets you know as the date gets closer you can just start like putting out your promotional materials so like for example um you know like we talked about the blog and doing affiliate marketing you could do a you know, top 10 favorite Mother's Day cards or whatever blog. And then so it helps drive traffic to those products, but, you know, also again to other people's and then, you know, doing things where it's like styling for the holidays. Like, so you put in, you know, with other kind of styled products from different shops and stuff, Um, you know, here's how I would wrap this or like you know putting in different interesting things that are going to draw people's attention and then you can put that kind of stuff on pinterest too which the more like you put it out there in different ways it's going to help drive traffic back to you i love that that's such a great answer because a lot of the intention behind this podcast is to either support you in implementing a print-on-demand site into your business as an ongoing source of revenue rather than just kind of chasing it in the moment and to kind of share how much work goes into really wrapping your head around like driving traffic to these different products and what would go what would really go into that and I love that you suggested having a calendar and kind of being aware of of every holiday as you move through the entire year and being ahead of it enough and driving traffic and using keywords in a blog and it's it's really important to um I guess, be all in if you're going to give it a try. Right. And um, it's not just about sticking our prints up on a site and see what happens and then get bummed out. We don't have any sales. Like there's a lot of work that goes into driving that traffic and being intentional with this whole process. Um, Right. I find it really interesting. I don't know if it's the same uh, with print on demand. Probably not. I feel like you kind of already answered this, but 
as an apparel print design studio who ha- definitely has um, clients in the craft and gift and home markets as well. Um, if you, I've been told that if you design holiday all year round, you will sell holiday all year round. And that could really be a focus. So if this is something that's interesting to you, you could almost test things out on POD sites around the holidays, see how that works, and then put things into your either licensing portfolio or your print design portfolio um, to kind of support each other. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like, I know several people who design specifically for Christmas holiday. Like, all they work all year round because Christmas holiday stuff is such a big seller for them. Mm-hmm that um that's their main focus like they do some other things as well but like a majority of their income comes from christmas friends so yeah like specifically christmas yeah yes specifically christmas i had a new york rep once could you try again hi siri sorry siri's (laughs) (laughs) i had a new york uh rep once who said you could literally make a living doing Santa prints like all year round and reindeers and snowflakes and, and make a living doing that. So I think it's, it is interesting that sometimes the timing leads us down a path, but really it could be a whole piece of your business that you could explore and not to just chase, chase it in the moment, but maybe put in the work to continue that all year round could be a possibility as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important with like holiday too to like, I think so many people are like, I don't want to do Santa's all year round, or I don't want to do, like, I don't want to do these cutesy things or whatever. Holiday doesn't have to be like those traditional icons. Like you can do holiday florals. You can do like holiday colored abstracts. Like there's all sorts of different kinds of things that you could do and make it feel holiday themed. So like, don't limit yourself in thinking it has to be this certain kind of design for it to sell well. Holidays is all sorts of things. Absolutely. Like there's even like, you can have a lodge theme where things are like plaid and there's this warm, cozy vibe without there being any sort of conversational prints involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are your, I feel like we could chat about types of prints on a whole other <laughs> podcast episode and that would be so super fun. Um <laughs> Love so <laughs> what are your favorite recommendations for POD sites in terms, specifically in terms of, of quality? And then on the back end of that, would you recommend sampling um, before really going all in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like, I have um, work on this site called Shop Vita and um, they're a lot more of like a fashion um, site. So there's a lot more of that kind of feel to the products where it's like, um, you know, women's tops, but it's not your standard t-shirt kind of top or like a kimono kind of thing. Or um, they just added swimsuits and sarongs recently. And then, um, you know, they have some different kinds of handbags and stuff like that. Um, So like, I like, the that they're not your traditional like this is this kind of mug and this is a t-shirt with a placement print graphic kind of a thing um but i know a lot of people have you know had great luck with like society six and Redbubble. um 
Zazzle is great for having, you know, an added layer of customizability to things, um, whether it's adding a name. So if you want to add that layer of allowing people to customize things with like grandma on them or having, instead of it saying grandma, it's a, you're able to write Nana or like, you know, whatever pet name you have for your grandmother kind of a thing. <laughs> um, I think though that's like a great, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a great option to be able to um, have. And, you know, like, I don't know, for kids um, that often have trouble finding their name on like things in like souvenir shops or whatever. Yeah, nice one, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah, being able to customize something to have that same kind of feeling of like you have your name on something is a very fun added element. Um, and that's you know, on Zazzle, they do that, the customization? That, yes, okay. but, you, but you know, as, a, as an artist, you need to like, put in the type option to, to like, you know, um, and then, you know, they can also decide on different fonts and things. Um, and then I'm also on Minted, which isn't really like truly print on demand. They have a lot of challenges, um, but I love the Minted quality and I, I love um, just how like doing the challenges kind of helps curate it a little bit more so that it's a little bit more of a thoughtfully curated mar marketplace as opposed to there's just all sorts of stuff that you have to really search through to find the, the gems that you're really looking for. I'm glad you mentioned Minted because it was something I wanted to ask you about. Um, for those of us listening, myself included, who don't really know or understand much about Minted. Can you just give us a little bit of like background on what that is exactly? Yeah, Minted, um, they started out like over 10 years ago as like a stationary company with um, challenges to submit stationary designs. I think they're, one of the first challenges was for the holiday, like holiday photo cards. And um, so people submit to the different challenges, like they'll have different challenges now for art and surface designs and um, children's art and still always holiday is a huge, big challenge. And then um, things also like wedding invitations and save the dates and children's birthday. Um, so they run different challenges all throughout the year. And then you submit to the challenges with your design they you can download the brief and sometimes if, if it's something like a, a photo card challenge like for the holidays then that will have um folders with pictures to use for your designs too so that you can play put in a placeholder um and see how your design would look with a variety of different picture layouts um and then once the challenge time period is over, then they open it up for voting and then customers and the artist community can vote on the designs. Um, they've just changed it now to be blind voting. So you don't know who created each design um, when you're in the voting process. Um, and then, yeah, and then you, 
once that the window closes for the voting period, then you just wait a few months and then they will announce the winners because they pick the top like anywhere from three to 40 of the top um, selections are based on votes. And then they fill in the assortment with things based on um, their research of trends and what seems to do well in like the search, you know, engine for the site and stuff like that. What they see might be um, location specific for some things. So um, that's where they kind of fill out the collection based on a lot of that. Um, and there can be anywhere from, you know, 10, 20 winners to like a few hundred for the holidays because they have multiple holiday challenges. So it's just a, it's a great way. Cause also the, the other thing that I love about Minted is that the um, community can give each other feedback. You can do polls, you can, you know, do one version and then get feedback on it and change things up. You can change like colorway or, cropping or layout or font or whatever kinds of things um, that you ask about. And then, um, so it's a great way to get feedback from other creatives, especially, you know, if you work from home or um, you don't have a community elsewhere where you can get feedback from. And then with how the voting system is set up, it's, it's, it can be sometimes a bit of a gut punch because sometimes you're like, well, I thought that was gr a great design and it doesn't do Didn't well. Do well. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it can be like when things like start to come together and you kind of see what seem what people seem to be liking of what you're doing, you can kind of get a better sense of, um, what's your style that resonates with people? And so I think it's a great way of testing, testing. the market. And I think yeah. that's like in general with print on demand, I think yeah. testing the market, see what people are gravitating to of mm -hmm. what you're doing um, is the best thing of it. And I think, you know, definitely with other print on demand sites, it's definitely a numbers game. Like the more you put out there, the easier it is to be found with minted. It's great to be like curated a little bit more. Like, yeah, I would try to um, do some things that are a little bit out of the box, but you kind of, if you really look through the minted site, like you can kind of get a sense of what their customer is like. And so what w might work really well on a t-shirt shop somewhere else is not going to do as well, you know, through the minted customer. So that's where it really comes down to knowing the customer of the site. Yeah. Again, going back to like understanding the end use and the end customer and having a, a bit of focus in your intentional design process. I love that. I love that it uh, kind of applies no matter what you're doing to really get a sense of what it, what it is you're designing for, who you're designing for and why, and not just kind of like blindly creating and the print life membership, we call it being the, uh, the artist and then the designer or being the designer first and then the artist, but you can't be them both at the same time. And your work should travel through both set of eyes and not just like blindly putting things out there. Um, and I love, it's funny that it kind of, it speaks across um, all the different channels and different streams of income that we want to create in our business. 
So what strategy can you offer to help diner designers who want to increase visibility and brand awareness through print-on-demand sites? And I know we've covered a couple, but if you have anything additional you'd like to add here. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely, um, you know, ordering the products, doing your own kind of photo shoots and doing you know, not necessarily like pulling what is um, the mock-up from the site to put on all of your social media. I think that's definitely the easiest way to go. But if you order samples, um, doing little styled photo shoots and, you know, like one of the things like retail stores do is they create this like type of person that's the customer, you know, and like putting things in scenarios and, um, you know, making like you a see yourself, yeah, seeing yourself in this lifestyle of this person, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, are they writing in their journal in a coffee shop, like, you know, somewhere, or are they on the beach, like, and, um, you know, doing some kind of a sketch or something, you know, like, what is what is this customer? Like, what are they going to be doing with your products? What is the lifestyle that they live? And by doing being able to, you know, order the products, doing your own kind of setups, then you can start creating even beyond who the customer for the site is, but who is your ideal customer and creating like a lifestyle for that person. I love that. I think that's awesome. So basically like creating this lifestyle brand with your products because they're already, they've already been made. You don't have to actually produce your own products, but then creating this like identity, this person, this muse, you have like more control over what's happening rather than just hoping somebody goes to society six and finds your stuff. (laughs) And I think, you know, the other thing too, that's nice about like being able to do that is that you can like expand this world. And like, I think, you know, you can create like multiple versions of the same photo shoot, like, you know, like input one is for your blog that then you're going to link to Pinterest. One is for your website so that it's not the same exact thing. Um, and one, you know, another version is for Instagram. Another one is for your Facebook page or whatever. Um, and by being able to have like these different variations, um, you know, the chances of one person seeing all of those is not likely <laughs> like the, with how the algorithms work for all of yeah. this stuff it is filtering out a lot of that exposure. So this is where if you think you're like showing your work too much, you are probably still not even showing it enough. So this is where, but having different versions of the image can make it feel a little bit fresher. And so that it doesn't feel like you're putting the same exact thing everywhere. Um, And so that's the nice thing, instead of having just like one mock-up that you're using and using it everywhere, you can style a shoot and use various versions of the same photo shoot in different places and make it feel fresh to yourself so that if you're worried about feeling like you're shoving your stuff in people's faces, you're actually not. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love that. And it's it's interesting too, because you're giving your your products kind of another chance to be seen because we all get used to seeing these same things over and over and over again. And it's almost like just information that passes through. And if you're changing up the way it looks, and then maybe you're stopping the scroll, right? Where, what is that? That looks different. Um, we find that that's happening with a lot of mock-ups, right? That we've all been using during the pandemic. And now every time you see, you know, these same mock-ups, you almost don't even see the artwork anymore because you're just so familiar with that mock-up. So I like that. Right. And changing it up, changing the way we're seeing something and having a little bit more control over like the brand story there. That's really interesting. I love that. I think that was so helpful to anyone out there who is either looking to get started with printing on demand sites, or even if you already have some that are doing okay, maybe all of this wonderful information Rebecca has shared with us can be really beneficial in helping you increase visibility and sales. Um, thank you so much for joining me here today and chatting about this. Thank you for inviting me. I hope this was helpful to your audience and, uh, you know, feel free <laughs> to to invite me back anytime. We, uh, you know, this is why we we do our little chat. <laughs> I like talking with you. I know. I feel the same way. I love chatting with you as well. And speaking of the chats that we have, if you want to yeah. tell everybody a little bit about how you help designers, what you do, and where we can find you to hear you chat more about all the things. Yeah. Um, so. I have started with a couple other people, like with Leslie, we have started Pattern Chatter on Clubhouse, which we talk about all things surface design and help people with more of the strategy side of their career um, and understanding, really looking into the industry, like beyond just creating things for the industry, like how the industry operates and um giving more of an in-depth overview and having conversations around all, all the things, basically. Uh, and then I also have um, the Biz Tips for Creatives Clubhouse with my friend Erin Cantwell, where we talk about the business side of running a creative uh, practice, or which really more you should think of as a business. And I think far too often we just see ourselves as artists or designers, but really we are business people. And in order to help us all not get taken advantage of, um, we need to put on that hat and understand the business side of things. So we try to have conversations um, to help people in better educating themselves on the, the business side of their creative practice. And then I also do um, an interview series called Designing with Intention, where it's all about showing different people's paths um, through finding their creative uh, mojo, if you will, like what the thing is that they wanted to do. Um, and we talk about everything from what they were like growing up and what their journey was like getting to where they are now in their career. And um, I love interviewing people and hearing about all the different like little nuances that popped up along the way, kind of helping pointing them in, in the direction that this was the right career for them. And also just, I love hearing about the different kinds of options of career paths out there in the creative field. It's not like 
you go to school and major in art or even major in graphic design. And then it's like, well, I'm going to do this exact thing. It's not like going to school and being an accountant and you're going to be an accountant and the, the, the job is exactly the same. It's like you could be a graphic design graphic designer for a fashion company you could be a graphic designer for a book company and the job is going to be totally different and so i love seeing the possibilities that are out there and helping share them with people who are not aware of all the potential and i love um just helping show how people you know like how important the creative um education process is to our education overall like how design thinking is important um, in the education spectrum and how learning about the arts is important and um, I really hope to help spread more awareness and also just um, help people understand that there are plenty of careers out there that you would not be a starving artist basically and help diminish that mindset and that negative stereotype that isn't true really. So, yeah, I love that. I love everything you're doing and it's so needed in so many different industries that are creative industries, whether print design, pattern design, graphic design, the arts, it's needed so much. And before we say goodbye, I want to ask you, I like to ask everyone who comes on, if you had to give one piece of advice to designers out there, whether it's a tip on, you know, cultivating creative energy, getting out of a creative rut, or just staying focused when you're working from home on your own, what would be um, something that you would tell designers? I would say, so one of the things I think in general in life is like, you have to find out what works for you. So what strategies like I could suggest may not be the best for everybody but like doing like testing all the things out like you know some people do great in working in batches some people need to work in smaller increments and then take breaks and so you have to find the the setup that's going to work for you best I think is the number one thing and then I think you know always trying to stay inspired um, and doing it, you know, through books and going for walks and going and shopping and doing kind of your own market research in real world, real time, and not necessarily like um, always gravitating to finding everything just on the internet, because there's going to be a lot of things like going and shopping in a store is completely different than looking at things strictly online because not only are you seeing how things are set up in the store you're seeing the people that are in the store shopping and what they're wearing and so you can get a lot more of an influence and understanding um to the world and what's happening you know what are the current trends and things like that by going out and putting yourself in the world instead of just trying to do all the research by sitting at home on your computer. I love that. That's wonderful advice. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so lovely to have you on. Thank you, Rebecca. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so great chatting with you as always. (laughs) I'll chat with you soon. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today and you would like to hear Rebecca and I chat more about all things service pattern, print design, strategy, and marketing, head over to Clubhouse Tuesdays at 2 and look up Pattern Chatter. See you next time.